Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Breaking news, by the way, from the NHL. Robin Leonard will miss the entire upcoming season after it was determined he will require hip surgery. How do you see the Pacific Division shaking out next year, given the way it unfolded last year? Well, it just changed a little bit right now. When Robin played the Oilers, for example, and a chance to see him up close and personal, I, I thought he played quite well. I, right now, I think the two Alberta teams are probably going to lead the way in the Pacific. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Good morning, Western Canada. Good afternoon to our friends in the Eastern Time Zone, Canada and the USA. Welcome to the RP Show. It's hour two. It's been a lot of what we normally do, a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech is your industry leader in combustion services, but we're going to switch it around to hockey in hour two. We'll morph in a little football, but some of my oldest friends are here. That's not to say you, Kurt Hill, are old. But I've known you a long time. The general manager of the Western Hockey League champion, Edmonton Oil Kings, joins us here at Rogers Place. Your home. Thanks for making us so uh, at home here, Hilly. Good to see you, man. That's been a while. Yes, it has been since you walked out of the dressing room in 2008 was pr- with the Regina Pats is the last time I've even laid eyes on you. Been quite a ride. <laughs> it's been a ride, yeah. I've been uh, lived in a few different cities since those times, but some of my fond memories playing for Regina. General manager, I'll say it again of the Western Hockey League champion Edmonton Oil Kings. And I appreciate your radio guy, small world, Andrew Purd, lining this interview up. And for the hockey fans, because I'm going to tell you something, we have had the most wonderful reaction from our viewers all across the country this week saying the World Juniors coverage has been amazing. And we're going to continue that rolling. But I want to tell a little bit of Kurt's story, too, in the 50 minutes that we have. And then next segment, the voice of the Oilers. Cam Moon's going to be with us right here in that chair. But he's a huge Edmonton Eskimo slash Elks fan. They don't hold that against them, but we're going to be, be, be teeing up Saturday's game. But you're a Winnipeg guy, Hilly, and you broke in with the Kelowna Rockets. You played two and a half seasons there, and then we got you in Regina for two seasons, and you put a banner up in 2008. That was a good year. Remember that? Good year. Really yeah, good year, some yeah. Good, good guys on that team. Let's just start there, if you don't mind. Then we'll get into the World Junior stuff. Again, I hadn't heard your name since your last day as a Pat. Next thing you know... Peter Shirelli's handing you a jersey as the general manager of the Oil Kings, and we're all like, whoa, where, where'd you been? What, how'd this happen? And then you go and win league championships. So what, fill in the gap there. Well, after Regina, you know, I played, I ended up getting, well, you know, I got released from the Pats that year, played a year down in uh, Lincoln in the USHL, and uh, ended up getting recruited by Canadian universities and used my WHL scholarship package to head out to Waterloo and get a degree in sport business for four years. And you know, I think where the real uh, connection with becoming a GM in the Western League came was I ended up getting a job at the WHL head office and running their player development, yes. player recruitment. You know, so I did that for five years and um, had a quick stopgap with uh, Chicago scouting. And I think I just, you know, created a lot of relationships in the West when I was working at the WHL and uh, was fortunate enough to get an interview. And I guess Peter Shirley thought I was the right guy for the job at the time. Yeah, well, and now that I say that, I had laid eyes on you since you left Regina. It was a quick brush in the press box, I think, in Regina. Yes. Yeah, it was a playoff yeah. game or something like that. But you didn't change a whole lot. I said to, because a lot of those Oil King scouts are friends of mine, and they've been with the team for a very long time. You didn't change a whole lot. But what did you change? Was you come in as a young general manager. Couldn't have been easy. You made changes, and it paid off. 
Talk yeah, I think that. earlier was, you, you know, I had uh, had to evaluate everything from, from top down. And at the time, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, the coaching staff that was here at the time were they were good coaches, but I think the guys just needed a new voice. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, the, the best moves that I've made since I've been in the role was bringing in Brad Lauer and Luke Pierce at the time. And, you know, Brad... Uh, with his experience in the NHL 11 years, it's not often you get a guy that's coming as back a coach. as yeah. a coach to come back and be a head coach and junior. And, um, you know, he did a fantastic job out here over the four years, you know, winning the Central Division year one and getting into the third round to winning it four years in a row and winning a WHL championship. So all the credit to, you know, all the coaches and support staff that we brought in here, they were they were awesome. Well, let's talk about Lau for a second. Um, pride of Humboldt, Saskatchewan, along with Jared Bednar. And Brad follows very closely what we're doing here. Just a champion from the word go, but a very uh, unassuming, quiet guy. Like, what was it about him? Or at least from what I've seen, what's he like in the room? Yeah, he's, I would say his demeanor is a little bit quieter. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's a guy that has a big presence to him with the players, especially. And, you know, a guy who, who played at the next levels, coached at the next level. So I think he's got that respect from them of, you know, when he's telling them what it's going to take to make it, they really that really resonates with them. But... Uh, you know, from that standpoint, when when I was going through that hiring process, you know, he had daughters that were at the time about 13 and 15 years old. So he really kind of understood, I think, that that teenage years and what he was going through at home. And I really thought that was going to play benefit to him when he started working with our younger players. And mm-hmm. it seemed to have worked. Well, coming <laughs> off a championship and it seems like Brad wants to be here for a long time. And I want to talk about that. You guys finally at the Memorial Cup this year and St. John finally got the win to break that WHL rep streak. And I don't know why we had such a tough time winning there, but you didn't make it to the playoffs. What happened at the Memorial Cup in your mind? I was so close, those games. You know, I think it was just (laughs) everyone came down to kind of a, you know, a little bit of puck luck here and there, a little bit of uh, bad timing on some penalties. But at the end of the day, you know, I think our group was losing Dylan Gunther, I think affected our power play significantly there. And it, I didn't feel it ever really got back into the rhythm that we had it really clicking at. And when you lose, a obviously, a player of that caliber, it's tough to get it back there. But, um, you know, one of the things I thought, too, was that that final against Seattle was an abs- – it was a brawl. Yeah. It was a dogfight. And when we got to the Memorial Cup – you know, I thought our guys had a real tough time bringing their emotion level back to what the standard was going to be there with the with the officiating, and we did take some undisciplined penalties there, which ultimately hurt us in a couple of those games. The exact same thing happened to the Regina Pats in 2017. They went to the league final against Seattle, who plays as... At the time, I was just coming out of football, and the hockey guys were saying to me, oh, Seattle plays a heavy game. Pats won't be able to stand up to that. I said, what does that even mean? Oh, I found out. And then Seattle <laughs> won the series. They went to the Memorial Cup, and it was in, doesn't matter. It was down east in the, I think, Shawinigan. And the Seattle never won a game. But anyways, back to your team. And before we get to the World Juniors here, of course, you got your goalie here, Sebastian Casa, but you got other guys that aren't playing. Talk about that. They made a decision that they weren't going to play for Canada. Yeah, I think, you know, those four guys, it's, uh, a lot of it was wear and tear. You know, and Gunther was hurt. Jake was hurt, sort of hurt. You know, Gooley, lots of wear and tear. Just he got a bad injury at, at one point in the season as well. So I think for those guys, um, a lot of it came down to an opportunity to train and rest and get healthy. For uh, like, you know, they're all going to have a pretty good opportunity to potentially make their big clubs this year. So for them, I think it was more of a, a long-term decision to, to put it on hold and get ready for NHL training camp. Well, one of those people, and he's probably watching right now down in Lethbridge, that's loved our shows this week because he told me he's Perry Shockey, former coach of the Hurricanes, Pats, Warriors, scout for the LA Kings forever. 
he went and saw you guys play. You played, uh, did you play Lethbridge in round one this year? Yes. He goes, they got five NHL players on their roster. <laughs> he goes, the Oil Kings aren't going to be touched. And when I look at your time here, that's your five years spans a junior hockey cycle. Like These are guys that came in under your watch. Yeah. Right, so you might get you got a pretty good scouting staff. Scouting staff's f- fantastic, yeah. And, you know, and some of the guys that were brought in is you know Randy Hanch was here at the time as a GM who's who's an NHL scout as well, and he's got a great scouting background. And you know they made a lot of great selections, and you know our scouting staff as a whole just bringing in unlisted players and the trades that we made. Um, you know, a very veteran staff that uh, has won championships in the past too. Edmonton's had a long run of when in the Bob Green era as well of building championship teams, and you know I think they really understand the the cyclical approach and. And the fun starts now. We get to do it again. Yeah. Well, how was the prospects for next year? Well, you know, we're going to lose a lot of guys, nine to ten mm-hmm. players probably from our from our roster. So it's going to be about uh, giving young guys opportunity. And we kind of planned for it. We had four 16-year-olds on our team last year. So for a team that goes to the Memorial Cup, we had four 16-year-olds dressed in some of those games. So, you know, I think some of that turnover will help. And uh, we traded a 20-year-old player this week to, to Tri-Cities for some younger guys that I think are going to be significant pieces to us in the future. Well, again, Kurt Hill with us, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was a boy. He's come back a man and done wonderful things with the Oil Kings. Now, are you able to sit back as a fan of Canadian hockey and watch the World Juniors, or do you have to have a bit of an analytical GM hat on? Well, I think it's been nice here, especially you know getting to watch Sebastian get a second go at this. You know, I think the, the first time through, he, he kind of got... That became the third goalie in camp, so he's here. Mm-hmm. He's getting opportunity for starts, so that's that's great for him. And uh, Jakob Demick and uh, Luka Hoff are our other import player, both playing in the tournament as well. So a chance to watch the, them as import players for us and, and evaluate how our new guy's going to fit in. Well, be a fan for a second and tell me the difference in your mind from Canada's opening game, a 5-2 win over Latvia, to... Th- uh, Thursday's game, the 11-1 win over Slovakia. What changed? Well, Something changed. I think a little bit. They they played with way more pressure. I think especially early on, they were aggressive on pucks. And you know, I thought Latvia was hanging on, playing a little bit more defensive. And I don't know, Slovakia seemed like they they wanted to try to run and gun with them, and they were they were pretty loose defensively. And I don't think that's the team you want to play against with a pretty loose defensive system. So, but. Canada was they were ready for that match you could see right from right from puck drop and their aggressive play really got them a lot of opportunities so yeah again my brother said after the first game Canada didn't look didn't look too dominant and I'm like they weren't they weren't trying uh <laughs> they looked like they were yesterday and then what about the game against the Czechs on Saturday well, well I think that'll go yeah it's again I think it, Czech predominantly strong country obviously in hockey so I think they're going to be ready for that as well and um obviously the Czechs know what they're what they're up against now seeing what they did to Slovakia, so they're going to be twofold ready as well. When this thing's done, what do you think would be the bigger story, Mason McTavish or Connor Bedard? What what McTavish did yesterday was astounding. Well, it's pretty tough to top what Connor Bedard's doing at the age <laughs> at the end of the yes. day, but yeah, pretty astonishing for McTavish. though, considering he played ten months and was in was in the Memorial Cup a month later, he's doing pretty amazing things here. So he's found a way to have a pretty quick uh, off season turnaround and. Again, he's got a pretty pretty promising future ahead of him. I saw Canada's coach, Dave Cameron, come out after the game last night and say Mason McTavish is an NHL player, and I thought, for sure, look at him. But I think Connor Bedard, he could have he played in the dub at 15, Hilly. So he, he could I think he could play in the NHL now. He's got one year left in junior, but I think after what we've seen, 
Your thoughts on his physical abilities? Oh. Not just the skill, but oh, he's getting he's gotten stronger. You can yeah. clearly see that yeah. since he entered the league, and um, you know, with strengths comes more speed and and more agility. And I mean, his game's just risen to another level. I even even from watching him play against us this season, and I mean, those are pretty. That was a pretty tough task for him going against our decor and the team that we had out there on the ice and seemed like every time we played him, we still walked out with him having two goals on the board. So <laughs> It's funny you say that because people are seeing him now live in Edmonton for the first time, and people are saying the same things they said when they saw him for the first time with the World Under-18s. They're saying, well, he's not McDavid. And we're like, we never said he was, right? He's such a just a different player. What do you think is the secret to his success? He doesn't have the blazing speed of a McDavid. What is the secret to Connor Bedard's success? Well, I think it's his, he's got a significant IQ and his shot is pretty elite. Like at the end of the day, he can shoot from anywhere and he's a threat every time he's, he's releasing the puck. He has the ability to change the angle and, and the, obviously the force that he gets behind, it's pretty amazing. But, you know, his IQ and his ability to, to play with his line mates and be a player, like I don't think sometimes with McDavid, I, I think it's that he, does, he wants to play with his line mates, but he's just so fast. <laughs> you need the guys to keep up with him, which is hard. But, <laughs> right. you know, Bedard, he does a great job at using his line mates as well. So it's pretty, his IQ is off the charts. I hope as this tournament goes along, we still got 10 days almost, that the, the, the crowds get bigger and people get in yeah. here to watch Bedard. They are getting a little bigger as we go, and I'm seeing fans of all other, of all NHL teams here, the Oilers aren't going to have a shot at him. But Habs fans think they might. Do you think he could change an NHL team's fortunes? Oh, you got to think so. If he's, you know, if they if they develop, he's going to play right away. So he's going to have to have some guys to play with when he gets there. I think it's going to be tough for any player to go and just, you know, be the guy right away unless you're insulated by some good people. So I think that's going to be the thing that the team's going to have to do to get him, obviously, when he starts, to give him an opportunity to have confidence and have success early with the club. Who do you think, last one on the World Juniors, will give Canada its biggest obstacle to winning gold, whether it's somebody from their own pool or the other pool here before it's over. Yeah, just from me watching the tournament so far, the Americans are, yeah. it's going to be the obstacle there. They play with a ton of pace. They're fast. You know, they're not as big as the Canadians, but, you know, they play with a high tempo and, and they're a group, they I mean, they play together. They know each other. They've, they've had the time together for, for a long time. So it, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be a challenge, but, uh, you know, Canada's got a little bit, they got the more size. They, you know, if they play the right way, play that team game, I think they'll be fine. What an interesting dichotomy, too. They have the, the motivation, the USA. We had Landon Slaggart sitting here yesterday, and he just smiled. Nobody's counting them. Nobody's picking them as a winner. They're in here as the enemy. There's zero pressure on them, Hilly. Whereas Canada, the pressure is immense. I heard yeah. it before the tournament. Can you imagine playing under that? They play. I think they play under it every, it. Every, every tournament now, right? Yeah, yeah, No matter exactly. what it is. But, yeah, I mean, the Americans, they're... It's amazing. We everybody knows their hockey's just developed so much over the last yeah. fifteen to twenty years, and um, but yeah, that's the one thing I see the, the this specific American team, the speed and tempo they can play with, is extremely impressive. Well, maybe one of these years they won't fly under the radar, but uh, for sure now <laughs> they are. And I just got to ask you one last question before you go: When did you know that your Oil Kings team was special this year at a potential champion? If, if I may. I did a Winnipeg ice game in Red Deer. They lost the ice, ended their long win streak, and then they came up here and you guys beat them. It was a long weekend Monday, I think you played them. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, Edmonton must be really good because Winnipeg's very good. When did you realize that you had a championship caliber team? Well, honestly, through the bubble season, when we, the year before, we knew we had a pretty good group, and 
it was probably early on in the season when we were able to make the, the pro cop deal and then the ghoulie deal that it all kind of came together we knew our d core mm. was a was a weak group the forward group we had a lot of depth there and we just had to add some you know pieces and the certif was a big move at the deadline to get get him in here but you know i i would feel like you know right around end of october early november we once we got pro cop i was getting close on ghoulie i'm like if we can get ghoulie it's gonna be we're gonna be extremely tough to beat well, you finished it off. Uh, congratulations on that. Super proud of you, Hilly. Thanks Good to see you. Me. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Yeah, Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oilkins. When we come back, the voice of the Oilers, Cam Moon, will join us. We'll be talking NHL and CFL. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. It's available all across Alberta, NBC, on Telesoptic Cable, in Saskatchewan, on Sastel Max, and, of course, Manitoba on Bell MTS Cable. We're also streaming sports radio 24 hours, streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Back at Rogers Place in Edmonton, the World Juniors continues with day four, but just two games today. So adjust your, adjust your day accordingly. Noon Mountain, Sweden versus Austria. 4 p.m. Mountain, Latvia versus Slovakia. No games tonight. Canada will be back on the ice Saturday against Czechia. The voice of the Edmonton Oilers, Cam Moon, joins us here at Rogers Place. You're home, Mooner. Um, I noticed you didn't do anything about the heat in here. Holy smokes, man. Oh, you get used to it. Do you get used yeah, to it? Absolutely. And it's, it's cold, though. Well, it is right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if the rink was full, it would warm up. But, but it hasn't been. Do you think no. we'll have bigger crowds as the week yep, goes along? Yeah, I do. As Canada continues to be successful, and if they continue to be successful, then, yeah, I think... Uh, that will build. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to the, the quarterfinals, the semis and the finals, if Canada progresses through, I think it'll it'll build. What's it like coming in here uh, as the voice of the Oilers, but you're not calling the games to be a fan again? How's it feel? It's fun. Yeah. But I, quite honestly, like during the course of the season, I would come to every Oil King game that I could. Um, and I went to every uh, University of Alberta Golden Bear game that I could uh, because I, I love the game. And I do love, and I, you could appreciate this, it is nice to go to a game when you're not working. Of course. Where Every can, game's like that for me. Yeah, yeah but you know, it's back great. in the day, yeah. it's nice to just kick back and relax. And like, I love watching the Oil Kings because I can uh, stay on top of who's, uh, coming, yeah. who's coming up, what's going on in the WHL, because that's important to me. I want to know. And I mean, this past year, and, and you just had Kurt on, and what a season the Oil Kings had. And Unfortunately, they got robbed of playoffs two years in a row where they had amazing teams. And even in 2019, when they got to the Eastern Conference Final, losing out to the eventual WHL champion, Prince Albert Raiders, they had a really good team that year too. And it was kind of maybe the end of that cycle this season, but yeah, outstanding team to come watch. So yeah, I like to just come and watch games. Well, you'll be doing that Saturday at Commonwealth. Let's get to what I really want before we go to okay. hockey. What I want is All your right. take on the Elks and the Riders. You'll be there. Many years season ticket holder here in Edmonton. Yes. Do you speak for all season ticket holders with the angst of this 2-6 and six team? I don't know. I'd like to think I'm a glass half full guy. <laughs> so there, yes, ha- you are. there has been some, uh, some things to be positive about. 
the uh, had a couple wins on the road where they had to pull it out of the fire. They've had some games at home where they've maybe botched it late. Now the game in BC last week, well, that was um, that was over early, as it was the first time they went to BC. So it's been tough sledding for sure. But I I think. And maybe I'm off, and maybe I'm just a, a cockeyed optimist. But I, I'd like to think there, there's been some, some progression here. And they've certainly moved players in and out, and you would expect that with a team that hasn't been overly successful. But uh, it's, it's better than last year, Rod. Mm-hmm. Last year was tough. Last year was tough. Well, the, what I've seen with the Edmonton team, and obviously I'm a Jones guy. I've yep. become a Victor Quee guy. Cool, yes. cool as hell. Great guy. And it's like they take two, three steps forward and then a major step back. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It was a, <laughs> it was a major continual, step. Not continual progress. Who's your quarterback? Like, who is your quarterback? Well, therein lies a big problem. <laughs> as you know, right. in, the, in the CFL, it's tough to be successful without a really good quarterback. And right now, it's... It's well, Trey Taylor Ford. Cornelius. Yeah, Trey Ford got hurt. Yeah, and and he had shown some promise, and I, I thought he had played well when he played. Unfortunately, he gets injured, so we'll see when he gets back, and then how he plays when he does get back. But yeah, Taylor Cornelius has has had some ups and downs for sure. Yeah, we'll see. When you say you look for positives or you find a positive, I am positive they'll be good before Chris Jones leaves town. Oh, whatever yeah. that is, he's got a four-year contract. You know, you know it's coming. I agree. Right? I agree. I, I, it's going to trend in the right direction, and I think it is already. But yeah, I and I would like to see. I'd like to see more butts and seats. And I realize the team has to be successful for that to yeah. happen. And and Victor Kui has worked incredibly hard with his entire staff at turning that around and and getting people in the building and they've done a a bunch of different initiatives and i would love to see more people you remember the days of coming to commonwealth it was amazing yeah two thousand fans yeah or more well especially when you'd see with when the riders would come in because those were whether it was them or or calgary those are best case scenarios as far as stand uh fans in the stands so yeah i'm looking forward to tomorrow and and i hope that uh i hope it's a good crowd i hope we have some fun it looks like the weather is going to be great what a fantastic saturday though canada cheshire had four riders alex had eight it's cornucopia you know well yeah It's it's a wonderful sports saturday edmonton is the place to be on saturday as a sporting landscape but here's the thing you know me you've known me long time yeah long time um I'll just be sitting there with my popcorn at the game watching Duran <laughs> during the play, outside the play. He's my guy. Yeah. Right? He's just entertaining to watch. You you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, So you're going to come to the football oh, yeah. game as well? You're going to do the Elks the are hooking header? me up. Oh, yeah. It's the doubleheader Saturday. I wow. couldn't. I, is it Saturday yet? Yeah. Hashtag. I, I literally you. can't wait. Now, I don't bring the voice of the orders on and not talk about the orders. Come on. And any sure. orders fans that are watching, uh, if you have questions for Camshaft, oh please. Fa- uh, Shane Melanson watching in Deer Valley, Saskatoon, uh, says, I found some old Saskatoon Blades cards with Cam Moon God. in the set. Not that long ago. What's not that No, long it's ago. a long time ago. I had full flow. Yeah. I got no Levi? flow. How's Levi, by the way? Uh, Levi's doing Still well. Still a Ryder fan? His yes. son. Yeah. How old is he now? 26. Born in Saskatoon, hence being a Ryder fan. He lived there for how long? He he did? Not yeah. very long. Three months. Yeah, like, not long. Still a Ryder fan, yeah. It's so wrong. It's just God wrong. God bless the kid. Yeah, so, to the Oilers. 
you talk about a great crowd at CFL games. When people complain to me about CFL attendance, for a myriad of reasons now, it's gas costs too much, the tickets are too much, the this, the that, bad night. I said, when people are paying $3,500 for an Oilers ticket on a Monday, don't talk to me about timing, cost, gas, nothing. Oilers never have to worry about attendance. Well, right? I think I think you always do. I mean, even even when your your rink's full, I think you, it's called WIN. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, no, that's true. I mean the 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 playoff run that they just had, I that um, that you know took them leaps and bounds uh, ahead as far as you know anything is concerned. Yeah, yeah, as far as marketing is concerned, uh, having it was a best case scenario. I thought in the in the second round you get a battle of Alberta, which we hadn't had since 1991. Uh, two teams that, and the beauty of it is, it was in the second round, Rod, which means both teams had won a round, so both teams have momentum, and it it had the entire province and beyond, but certainly the entire province is now gripped, and people in Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, and Red Deer, and Fort McMurray, I mean, they're all going out to watch the games, like, or they're or they're coming to Edmonton, or they're coming to Calgary because somehow they got tickets. You know what I mean? Like, that was amazing, and that. When the season started, that was something I talked about that I really hope it happens. Like, I hope they meet in the second round so that you have that momentum and then it'll, and then whoever wins, you know, good for them. But even for the team that doesn't win, they already went around in the playoffs. There's some success, there's something to build on. It's good for hockey in our province. I think having that Battle of Alberta, and it didn't matter which way it was going to go, although I was happy the way it went. Um, that was important, I think, for for everyone. And I think economically, it definitely helped our province. Daryl Sutter said it. It's great for the province. Before yeah. the series even began. Well, so he, you know, right? He's right. Yeah, exactly. Now, but while it's all it's done, from what I've seen, and as you know, I think I've been in Calgary for 17 weeks, now here for a few. The love of hockey in this province oh. is inspirational to me because I'm a hockey guy first. It's all they think about. They probably and then like not just when they wake up in the morning all what they dream about it. I know. And now with social media, now you now you get to see it. Like you can it you can quantify it. Whereas before, I mean you knew there was a lot of hockey fans, you knew people yeah. loved the game just, and they yeah. but you didn't you couldn't like look at it tangibly. And now you can't. You're like, oh my, look at all the Something goes out, and you see how how quickly it, it goes on social media. It gives you a bit of a handle. And like in the playoffs, when the Oilers would win here after the game, it was absolute chaos downtown. It was awesome. All the people outside the Hall of Fame room, like singing and chanting, and the noise. And 104th Ave was a sea of people. Like I, I love seeing all the people coming downtown and and enjoying or watching the game in the plaza like it was yeah is it, I, I want more of that well and i i think you will have it but the one thing that i've having come from calgary to here they can't wait till october for the games to start your fans can't yeah. wait until all it's done is whet the appetite for more but i want to say ask you this you're an order fan from birth, you're St. Yeah. St. Albert Strutt, uh, the man invented it right here. No, no, I'm Northeast Edmonton. I was always envious of the St. Albert Strutt. Oh, I thought yeah. you were St. Albert. No, no. Did you say that on your hockey card? No, I did not say that on my hockey card. Um, anyways, with McDavid taking his team to the Final Four in the National Hockey League, I don't know if he would have ever have asked for a trade in his time, but he's certainly not going to now. He's seen 
the potential's been realized. Well, right? This wasn't a yeah. one and done, I, I don't think. No, not at all. And yeah. I don't think so. And you see Evander Kane choosing to come back here after half a season. You see Brett Kulak choosing to stay here, uh, you know, after becoming a UFA as, as well as Kane. Like, that tells me something that those guys, they want to be here. I mean, and same with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, you, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, a, a summer ago, UFA choosing to stay here. Like, those are all incredibly positive things and and maybe not something we would have witnessed 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever the case may be, 10 years ago. Um, so I, I think that's important. And that gives that gives fans optimism, gives them, uh, you know, a, a real sense of hope. And, and I can understand why Calgary fans would be excited too. Yeah, they can't we, wait. No, and, and they... They should be fired up. They're motivated. They're going to have a yeah. good team. They had a good team last year. Can you be honest now? And you always are, but Mike Smith isn't the goalie record, record here anymore. Were you always in the Mike Smith camp? I was. Only, I just. 100%? Well, I mean, there's going to be ups and downs. And, yeah. But I, I, I accepted that fact because of the passion he brought for the game and for the position. I mean, the way he played was he was all out all the time. And sometimes that worked great. And then there was times that it didn't. But whatever, you could never fault the effort or the passion and his ability to move the puck, which is unworldly. Like, I just could never get over it. Watching him in practice and watching him in games, to, to be able to retrieve pucks as quick as he could and then make a, a, a good decision and a hard pass on the tape, it was unbelievable. Like... I love Did they it. upgrade? Did they? Yeah, they, 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 they probably did. I, I think Jack Campbell's going to be a, a solid netminder. And I do think it's important that Stuart Skinner uh, gets more opportunity. He got some last year. He played in 13 games. He's quality. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. But he's he's progressed. The way, like, he was really good in the Western League. Then he spent some time in the ECHL, was good there. Took him a little while at the American League level, but he's progressed there. You know what? I mean? He's made the steps, and it's it's sometimes it happens fast, sometimes it doesn't. Like everybody goes, they progress and develop at different levels. There's no one. No, there isn't. Road. There really isn't. And just a quickly in 30 seconds or less, can yeah. Vegas get it done with Eric Comrie and or Logan Thompson in goal, or are they going to have to go find somebody? I wouldn't be surprised if they go find someone. But I think Logan Thompson has earned the right to get that look in what he did last season. The former Brandon Wheat King played really well when he played. And, and down the stretch, they didn't have much of a choice. And they had to play him, and he looked pretty good. I think he's earned the right to get the shot. Right. How's or, that? or if I got it right. Try trying to remember who the goalies are there. Laurent Brassois. Where did he end up? The old Oil Kings goalie. He was there last year. Yeah, he was yeah. there last yeah, year. There so. last. But Logan Thompson really kind of the took the Brandon ball. Goalie, yeah, yeah, late. Brandon late. South. Yeah, Vegas. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot right. of Wheat King ties. Thank, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate Thanks for having time. me on. All right, we'll be talking more World Juniors when we come back on a Friday from Rogers Place on Game Plus TV, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Another beautiful day in the Alberta capital. You're looking live at Rogers Place, and we'll jump into a sports update now before a little more World Juniors analysis. The World Junior Men's Hockey Championship continues with a pair of games today. Sweden takes on Austria at Noon Mountain. You see the warm-ups are on the ice right now, followed by a matchup between Slovakia and Latvia. 4 p.m. Mountain, both on TSN. The Canadians want to improve to 3-0 when they face Cheshire on Saturday. The Toronto Blue Jays start a three-game series with the Cleveland Guardians tonight at Rogers Centre. The Jays went 3-5 on their recent road swing through Tampa, Minnesota, and Baltimore. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats welcome the arch-rival Toronto Argonauts to Tim Hortons Field tonight in CFL play. It's the second of four meetings in five weeks between the Southern Ontario teams. Argos beat Hamilton 34-20 last week. Bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com, available for Android and Apple devices. And September 16th, the legend of George Jones and Tammy Wynette comes to River Cree Resort and Casino featuring Dwayne Steele and Andrea House. The legend of George Jones and Tammy Wynette features some of the greatest country songs ever written that continue to inspire artists of all genres, along with the iconic music. You'll also hear stories of their real lives, filled with success, failure, hard drinking, and heartache. A must-see show for country fans. That is the legend of George Jones and Tammy Wynette, September 16th at River Creek. Okay, our hockey analyst, Serena Taylor, joins us here at Rogers Place. Not wearing Hockey Canada gear today. You decided to go with the Oilers stuff today. Any particular reason? Just warmer? It's a little what? bit warmer. <laughs> this one's a little warmer than the Hockey Canada jacket I bought. However, I almost multi-layered, and I probably should have. Tacona Powley in Winnipeg says, All NHL rinks are cold when empty. This is next level. We've been in several empty NHL rinks. We were just talking about being in Sunrise, how cold it has to be there. Today is by far the coldest, and even the locals are complaining. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I, it's cold. We'll survive, I'm sure. And viewers have questions about the World Juniors, but uh, for you, I'll ask you what I asked Cam Moon, your assessment from Canada's play from the 5-2 win over Latvia to yesterday, <clears throat> pardon me, Thursday's 11-1 win over Slovakia. Big change. What I saw yesterday is what I was expecting to see against Latvia. I went over under on Bedard getting four to five, four and a half points. And that's what I was expecting to happen in the first game against Latvia. I think Canada really busts loose. We talked a little bit about the other day about Canada seems to kind of have to get each game under their belt to kind of get stronger and stronger. Yesterday, I think we blew it out. And I mean, Mason McTavish was everything I expected him to be yesterday and then some. I mean, can't leave him alone in front of the net. Four goals, two assists, one point off tying the Hockey Canada record, but his four goals equal the record that Connor Bedard set last year. Who do you think will be the bigger story by the time this tournament's over, Mason McTavish or Connor Bedard? I don't know. Everybody wants it to be Connor Bedard, but the first two games... He's been, I would say, average at best. I'm not sure we've seen what Connor Bedard can bring. Having said that, it's like we talked about at the start of that game yesterday. I said to you, I feel like they should put Dufour on a line with Bedard and McTavish because Bedard's getting beat up 
in there. And even my dad said that same thing. They need to put him with two big guys. So that what happens yesterday, it's going to get worse as the tournament goes on. We both know that. Well, and what you're referring to is not just in play, but after the play, roughing up of Connor Bedard. Uh, now, it, it seems that like he could stand up for himself and look that way, but he probably shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to, of course. But we talked a little bit about the international officiating yesterday, and we're like, what are we going to get used to? What are we not? Apparently, it's okay to grab somebody around the throat, like Connor Bedard. I'm like, what just happened? And nobody, but you know what? He's so young, but he's so mature on that. He doesn't let his emotions affect the way he reacts to that, nothing. I was really impressed with that. If anything, what it does is motivate him. Little things are a chip on the shoulder of Connor Bedard. Like missing the net will tick yeah. him off to come back around and make sure that he, before he leaves the ice on that shift, he'll score. And also, players getting in his face in the chippy play. It's just, I guess he might as well get used to it now because it's going to be this way the rest of his career. Uh, absolutely. You watch Connor McDavid, it happens to him all game now. Uh, it's going to be the same thing, but I think he'll be all right. He's going to keep pushing. Through two games now for Canada that are 2-0, and and they'll look to go to 3-0 against the Czechs on Saturday. Who are some of the other players on Team Canada that have surprised you pleasantly? Dufort. Love that kid. He's just, for a bigger guy, he can get going pretty fast. Obviously, we saw it with Victor Hedman in the playoffs this year. A bigger guy is going to take generate a lot more energy and burn a lot more oxygen while they're actually moving. That kid does not stop moving his feet. He's been unbelievable. Ridley Gregg is really good as well. I have really like Zellweger on the point for Canada. Just Canada's defense is always so good. I'm always... I think people kind of underestimated them this year, but I think they're really solid. I love Zellweger. I'll tell you one thing that's really fun at a hockey tournament like this is it's full of hockey people that know the game. Yet when I ask them who's Canada's biggest threat, I get a different team name from all of them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, Kurt Hill was just here. You saw him, the gen general manager of the Oil Kings. He said the USA. Teams have said Finland. They've said Sweden. You know what? That, and that's awesome. It means the quality of play is pretty even. Absolutely. The U.S. has been great, too, in their games. They've been just solid right from the start. Canada didn't have that boost right away in that first game against Latvia. The U.S. came out ready to play. you got to give them credit for that. And Slagert even got a goal yesterday after being on your show. Don't, bring any, more, don't bring any bump. more of them on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned there were some questions from viewers. Nelson says... Is World Junior attendance a victim of Hockey Canada's recent reputation or a habitual change in having the tournament in August? Why do you think that there's not bigger crowds here at the tournament? Well, I mean, people in Canada are very 9 to 5, Monday to Friday workers that take their time off at Christmas. People generally aren't taking time off in August to come here and go to games. I think it'll pick up on Saturday. I think we're going to see a bigger crowd on Saturday than we have. But a 4 o'clock local time start during the week is pretty tough for Canada to draw a crowd. Not ignoring you. Just reading some of the questions from viewers. Andrew Stout says it has to be more than just Bedard in order for Canada to win. It has been. Bedard hasn't been the best player on the team. Not even close. Not taking anything away from him. He just hasn't been the most dominant player it will be. Canada always plays a strong team game. I'm not worried about that. All right. Any thoughts on these games today? Sweden versus Austria and Latvia versus 
Slovakia. Is there any team that's worming their way into your heart besides Canada? Every time we've come here, Latvia has been practicing. I just, I was so impressed with the Latvians, just the way they came out. They don't quit. And watching the game here in person the other day, you can see the Latvian bench. Those guys are a team. They're working hard as a team. They're getting each other pumped up. They know they got to be jacked up and ready to go to play Canada. I, I'm so impressed with them. I think they're such a, just a great team. Two fantastic games today and a wonderful doubleheader on Saturday. Canada versus Cheshire at four, followed by Sask Edmonton in the CFL at 8 p.m. If you want to come to the games, text World Juniors now to the number on the screen in all caps, World Juniors, 902-518-3033. Hockey Canada and the World Junior Committee graciously donating ticket packages to the quarterfinals and the medal games to our viewers. So text us now and be entered to win a random draw to join us here at Rogers Place over the next week. Serena, thank you. Great job. Thank you. They'll get free air conditioning, too, in here. Think yeah, dress that. warm. Dress warm. Lee Genier will join us next to put a wrap on the week at Rogers Place. You're watching on Game Plus. You can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Okay, here we go. Welcome back. Final segment. It's overtime. Proudly presented by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the World Junior Hockey Championship as Lee Genier slides back in here for one final segment. How you doing, LG? Good. Hey, you got the headphones going. Oh, because it's so loud in here. Is that why? Yeah, I don't know when they're going to start blasting this again. You're the only guy that's dressed warming up for this barn. I mean, I don't like to be a complainer, but wowzers. That's chilly. That's cool. It's a, what's a hockey rink? Not a shopping mall, as they say. Hey, regarding our contest for World Junior tickets for the medal games, Randy from the Peg writes in and he says, RP show, send a bus and hotel keys and gold medal tickets and we will come from the Peg. LOL. Well, basically we're saying if you are in the Edmonton area or anywhere across Alberta or want to even drive for a day trip, do it. Uh, but yeah, there's no hotel involved. Mm-mm-mm. BW says, Rod, did the Moose sign Lee long-term because he was to be the next CFL commissioner? Spicy. Interesting that BW, they've been waiting since your the opening segment with your bold prediction that Randy Ambrosi is in his last season as commissioner of the CFL. And I actually got a text message here. I'm not going to say from whom. But apparently Jim, I won't even say any more than that. Two names coming up to be the next commissioner of the CFL. Mike Morielli, whom we all know, and Brian Crawford of Golf Canada. Do you know Brian Crawford? You're, I know the name. Yeah, yep. you're a big Golf Canada guy. So literally with over a half a season to go, is the future of Randy Ambrosi going to be the most talked about thing in the CFL now the rest of the way? What do you think? I, I think it has to be. You know what? Is it heads into the second you know, second half of the season. I definitely think it's going to be a topic of conversation. And like I said, it's been pretty anemic this year. Um, you know, other than the genius uh, sports partnership, there has been absolutely nothing. TV numbers are down. Crowds are struggling, maybe with the exception of Winnipeg. 
um, you've got to really look hard at what the future looks like of the league. Like, you know, I said it from, you know, the last, this is a make or break year for the CFL and what the future looks like. So I'm, I'm going to say that Randy is definitely in the hot seat and for good reason. What evidence do we have of this partnership with Genius Sports? Please tell me. I would say I follow the CFL more closely than your average Canadian. What evidence is there of this? Yeah, I don't see anything yet. I mean, the whole impetus of the partnership was really to look at the fan base and develop a younger demographic, right? As you know, as you know, you've got an aging demographic in the CFL. Uh, in most cities, so I think that is supposed to really give us some intel up to what the fan base looks like. Any business needs to know more about their fan base um, or their fans or their customers, and that's where that partnership is supposed to look like. So I haven't seen anything yet. I'm sure they have. They're working on it. Um, you know, they talk about a drive to survive type series as well, but again, is it going to be too little, too late for Randy Ambrose? From Janelle in Saskatoon. She says, hey, my boys, thanks for the great shows. Thank you, Janelle, for tuning in. Ryan in Saratoga, New York, wants to know if we'll have time to get Bo Levi Mitchell on the air today. Uh, no, we only got five minutes. Unfortunately, we don't have time for Bo Levi Mitchell to come on the show today, the quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders. Hopefully oh, next no. week we'll have time to bring Bo Levi Mitchell on the air. From Rich Robertson in the chat, he says the CFL is in trouble. It is almost non-existent here in E-Town in what was once the flagship of the league. Oh, he brings that up now in what would one of my favorite topics. Like, How do you lose your status as the flagship franchise of the CFL? Which... It's a homecoming game. We heard it on the radio coming down here to the rink today. Tomorrow is the Elks homecoming game. They're going to honor the five-in-a-row championship teams. It's going to be awesome there. Um, they held that for a very long time. Oh, absolutely they did. And especially with, with the Riders coming to town, you know, that would probably have been a 50,000 um, fan game. Um, you know, I would be surprised if they break actual 15,000, 17,000 in the building tomorrow night. Well, weather-wise, I believe it's going to be beautiful. Um, but the, the gentleman, Rich, says once was the flagship. So let's say from 1980 to about 06. That is a 26-year span as the flagship franchise. Saskatchewan had it for about 10, 10 years, 15 at the most. And now it's Winnipeg. You know, how would you go about wrestling that away if you were a team? Well, you know, here's a perfect example. You look, there was 30,000 people in the building in Winnipeg last night. They're doing something right. Is You know what? Is Sit down and find out what they're doing well. And uh, I have that old R&D is rip off and duplicate because, you know what? They are doing it well, and they're doing it better than anybody else in the CFL right now. Uh, and again, I almost feel like we should have a separate CFL podcast because I would like to talk about all these issues. And one of those is how Winnipeg has taken the flag as the marquee franchise. You and I love talking about stuff like that, right? And we've seen how they've done it. BW in Edmonton says Machocha killed the Edmonton E legacy. Well, I was about to say maybe he's doing that in Montreal, but they won last night in Winnipeg. Break up the Alouettes. Maybe they're the new flagship franchise. Yeah. Were the Alouettes ever 
the flagship franchise in the CFL? Um, you know, on, in our, the, on, in our on, time on the field, they were for sure. Um, you know, I look at, you know, there was in the West was really strong. Obviously, I was with Calgary for a lot of years and uh, we were sold out virtually every almost every game as well. So we had a great business ops. We were winning. Um, so, you know what, between Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Calgary, and now, like I say, it's migrated to Winnipeg as being a strong franchise. Amar Doman is really trying to do things in B.C., but they're still not getting their ticket sales there, which is concerning. Last minute of play in the RP show. You know, regarding attendance, again, there's no magic formula, I don't think, but Randy from the Peg brings up a great idea. He says this, or no, she says the Stanley Cup was played in good weather, sold out. I had to think for a second. Who was it? Denver, Tampa, sold out both places. So don't say that it's nice outside, and that's why people aren't coming to the World Junior Games. Mind you, it's nice outside in Tampa year-round. It's not necessarily in Denver. But anyways, Lee, you have a great weekend. Thanks for all your wonderful efforts this week, and we'll see you uh, Monday right back here. Excellent. I look forward to it. And to you, the viewers, same thing. Thanks to Kurt Hill today, Eddie Steele, Kurt Hill, Serena Taylor, Lee Genier, our entire crew and staff. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the football, the baseball, whatever you're into, and we'll see you Monday at noon Eastern here on Game Plus. told you to shut up well a couple times have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now dundee so hell yes bingo that's hot